But yeah, it was fine, dude. I don't know. I have a tendency to just criticize fucking everything. It just like oh me, you know, me too, dude. You know, just yeah, like everything you like everything I do, like or everything you do, you know, you just like have to find something in it that is a flaw and then just focus on that flaw. Even like, if it doesn't exist, man. Like even I if mean, it doesn't exist. Well, we should all quit trying to be public intellectuals and be public homosexuals. I, I agree, man. I agree. Uphold, was it? Uphold top sex. Uh, that sexism. is what I Homosexual. came here. That's, that's what I came here to propose as well. Actually, yeah, let's abandon all that and just suck and fuck other men publicly. It's a beautiful thing. I think we we would have a much better time doing that anyways i mean i've given up all pretense to being a public intellectual i feel like i mean it's it's like i've been really struggling with this actually over the last year or so just like these feelings of self-doubt and like um sort of lack of confidence in my ability sort of to not only just diagnose but even more fundamentally than that to like even understand the big philosophical questions about human existence and yeah the human condition and but also you know it just i I could sit down i could try to understand it but i know i'm not going to and so like i don't even have the discipline to do that anymore because i know it's a it's not going to retain and b i'm going to try to spit it back out in a conversation like this and sound like a total fucking idiot so like why even try Uh, (laughs) dude especially when it's like everything in the world that's going on and all these complex issues that I'm not an expert on. Like I'm literally just shooting from the hip and I don't even know where my interest in this shit stems from anymore. Cause like, I mean, I get, I mean, obviously I guess it's like, Oh, I want to make the world a better place. I want to like do my part, but like the older I get and the worse things get and the, like the more I'm bombarded with like, you know, just information, like I get subsumed and lost in it, you know, where I don't even know how to like reorient myself. You know, I guess like, I've thought about this analogy. It's like, you know, being a ship in a storm, you know, where you like you're you're on embarking on your journey destination and then the storm hits and you get like kind of spun around, you know, oh, like you yeah, can't yeah. tell where you are anymore. And it's like that's how I kind of feel. It's like, yo, why the fuck should I like have the authority to speak on any of this, man? Like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's the thing. We don't have any authority. That's why we're bad boys. That's why we're a couple of bad dudes. The bad tardy hombres. boys. Bad hombres. Bad hombres. That's, we are specifically who Trump was referring to when he said bad hombres. <laughs> Do you think that um, like I'm really hoping that this is true. I'm really hoping that the trade off for having crippling anxiety hmm my entire life is that at the very end when the check finally comes due i won't freak <laughs> out about it i'll just be totally accepting and sober and calm about it you know do you think that's the trade-off maybe because like yeah. and if been, that is the in, case, a, in a way you've been training your whole life for that moment <laughs> <laughs> if, that is, I mean, if that is the case would you trade it for a life of no fear just like not not being like me, not walking around every second of your life with the bone deep, you know, certainty, knowledge, call it whatever you want, that you will die 
and it will mm. be painful. <laughs> like you could go your whole life not thinking about that, but the last 10 minutes or so are really, really unpleasant. Would you rather have that or what you have now, which is constant fear all the time? But it, well, but the, but but the, the smoothest the stacks. But at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like the thing is, Ross, is like you gotta wait. You have to, you have to weigh out like what you know, right? Which the same for me, man. It's like just walking around every single day, like feeling like I'm living, like like I'm living on the outside of my skin, like I'm inside out, just like afraid of everything, you know. Versus what I don't know, which is like the fear of death and being on the precipice, you know. Like, is that ten minutes uh, a better or worse than like a lifetime of that? You know, like I don't know, man. I don't know. I know. I know what I know now. And then this yeah. sucks ass. And so I might yeah. trade it. I might rather have no fear. I might yeah. rather have no fear, but shit in my pants the last 10 minutes or so. And the, the, yeah. the, I'm saying this, the, the worst possible scenario is that it is your whole life. You're scared as fuck. You're terrified. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it poisons every single thought. And every time you even try to have joy, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like that. Um, also interactions with people and shit like that. Yes, yes, yes. But also even that, too. And mm -hmm. like, uh, but then the last 10 minutes of your life are also like that. But with the dial turned up to fucking. <laughs> yeah, but bro, like, life, what if all your life you're like, oh, no, no. And then the last 10 minutes, you're like, yeah, <laughs> like just fucking do. But hold up. What if like, right. So like, I think that like DMT, like it's produced naturally in your body, like during incredibly traumatic, stressful, like physical, like uh, uh, circumstances, like when you're born. Right. And when you die. Yeah. Right. So like, what if like, what if bro, like, what if like, and also the idea that like, when you die, like you like the, the, I mean, I know have talked about this, but this idea, I guess that you, you know, you live out, you see your whole life flashing before your eyes. Right. And yeah. that one second that you're dying could be an entire lifetime. Like, what if you just get like your conscious gets just gets looped in that shit, man? Oh, so no. it's like, That's you know true? No, 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 no. You're telling me at the end <laughs> you have a series of memory flashbacks, each of which lasts about as long as a lifetime. <laughs> you could possibly last like, no. I mean, dude. When you're dead, dead, and your cells, your brain cells aren't functioning anymore, like there's no electric electrical activity. I mean, I this, guess that's when it's done, but this, you wouldn't even know the difference. You know what I'm saying? This was but, not in the brochure. I no, not I didn't sign up for this. Well, you know how like you have a dream, and like to to you, it lasted all night long, and it was like this long drawn out narrative, but yeah. the research actually shows dreams only last a few seconds. Yeah, right. But I can remember with remarkable accuracy, like whole things, stories that played out in my head that I can recount that, and that take me longer to tell than the actual <laughs> dream. <laughs> well, it's like, they're not as long as we think yeah. like they are. It is kind of like, you know, like growing up in church, I always heard that like a day is like a thousand years with the Lord. I wonder if that's kind of like what our dreams are like, you know, like yeah. we get these whole stories, but somehow they're like, you know, abridged to fit in like just a couple of minutes span then we move yeah. on to the next thing well i mean i feel like a lot of people <laughs> there was that kid colton burpo who died in burpo yeah you remember colton burpo he died and went to heaven he said he's do what <laughs> yeah it's the kid has a name that's like one of those like uh somebody tweeted this other day it's like a name off of like baseball stars in those early japanese video games yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or like a 1980s like soft drink like japanese yeah, yeah, soft yeah. drink yeah purple 
<laughs> well, he saw heaven. So, and you have to take that uh, with extreme accuracy. I mean, you have to assume that it's extremely accurate because he was like eight. Yeah. So, wait, hold up. So, hold hasn't up. So, he I since, hasn't he since said he did the whole thing for, for the bag? Damn. <laughs> I think Burpo's even, even outed himself as a fraud. At eight years old? One Yo, you got to give, the give kids them. that wrote a book about seeing heaven has since recanted. And of all the things that you did that you're embarrassed about as like an eight year old, like imagine scamming the entire national like midday media market, like <laughs> and selling probably a lot of books. He probably sold a lot of books and rights to those books. But she like looked, as an eight year old, Kelly Ripa and and uh, Michael Strahan right in the eyes and told a bald face lie to him. Yeah, <laughs> eight years old, man. Yeah, I'm like, damn, that's pretty awesome. And you're set for life after that. Like of all the Maybe. things to do as a child, it's like it's. I mean, you know, because like when you're a kid, the only thing that you, the things that get you in the headlines are like. If you shoot your parents in the face or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or you like, get into college or you get into college like unnaturally early or some shit like that. Yeah, I guess there are people who can play guitar when they're like one, like yeah. fucking shred like Angway Malmsteen. Um, and that's it. And like, you don't want to be I, you're either Angway Malmsteen <laughs> or you're one of the Menendez brothers. It's <laughs> no in between. <laughs> Terrence, you just made me think though about like that's not that's kind of like this interesting conundrum, right? Like being like like uh like expertly proficient in a certain field or activity that has no mass appeal to anybody. Like what's to say like you're like you know you're like the world's like foremost like uh best like badminton player or some shit like that, you know? Like like yeah. your athletic prowess to something that's never been seen before in the sport, but nobody watches that, man. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. It's like my, I've always thought maybe I'll train my son up to be some kind of niche athlete, but still a niche athlete that makes money, like a knuckleball mm-hmm. pitcher in baseball or a punter in football. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? punter, man. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to fly. Or, uh, yeah, or someone who cons Oprah. If you can con Oprah, you're fucking set. <laughs> I've seen so many people con <laughs> Oprah. I feel, Dr. I feel like, yeah, Dr. Oz, Dr. 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 Oz, Dr. Like, Phil. So, so yeah. many fucking people have conned Oprah and gotten rich off of it. Like, that's your fucking life. <laughs> you just get conned. <laughs> like, get the bag from somebody who already has the bag. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. I knew Dr. Oz didn't pass the smell test for me when I found out his wife is a Reiki pack practitioner. Oh, she is Reiki. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's for me, it's not so much the Reiki thing. Like, yeah, you want to be a kooky aunt that practices Reiki. I'm with that. You know what I mean? I think there's generic benefits. But when as you're supposed you to be say- the top surgeon's wife and you're like practicing pseudoscience, I was like, huh? It, it, it used like- to be, it used to be the case. This is kind of Kanye's trajectory, too. It used to be the case you could gauge somebody's racism by how they feel about Kanye West. Yeah. And now, like, that's sort of like been turned upside down since he's going through what he's going through. Well, it used to be the case that people that were into new agey things, you could kind of set, you know, they're probably liberal or, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And now, 
the well, conservatives have kind of made some inroads in the new age you've seen a little bit. Oh, yeah. We could thank, we could thank uh, Nan- Nancy Reagan for that, man. Uh, apparently, she was into the new age shit. And, uh, really? Uh, with the, yeah, with the spiritual advisor, uh, apparently, they owe that session with the spiritual advisor to Reagan winning a second term. That is so, true. Uh, that yeah. is true. And also, Richard Nixon, like, conducted seances in the White House, too. Are you serious? Like, yeah, like, people, like, uh, fortune. I wonder if they were on tape. Visit him. I wonder if you recorded them. There's a good book. There's a good book by Mitch Corbin on that fucking called, uh, recording system he had. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like while he's talking about white waters, I'll say, "Well, she brought crystals in her too." <laughs> Are you told me to put a pentagram of salt around the head? Talk about something called the tarot. <laughs> Are you here with us now? Can you or would you talk to us? <laughs> Nixon, you want to talk Nixon to conducting us. a seance would be fucking gold. Dude. <laughs> Are you in the room with us now? <laughs> this motherfucker. I was reading about. Uh, I went. Somebody had tweeted something about a picture from Nixon's uh, um, presidential library showed his last meal in the White House, and it was like a, like a a ring of pineapple with some cottage cheese in the middle of it, <laughs> a glass of milk. What the fuck? And I went down the rabbit hole about these weird, like presidential, like what they wanted to eat. And him and Gerald Ford were absolute freaks, man. They loved cottage <laughs> cheese, but Nixon ate his with fucking ketchup. Cottage cheese. See, Yo, dude, that is that's that me, This sounds this is gonna sound crazy, but to me, cottage cheese with ketchup would actually be better than just cottage cheese. Like to me, there's nothing <laughs> nastier than eating just cottage cheese. You could put anything on it. It's going to improve it. You can dress it up and down like grits in a way, but it's like the, the texture is not as pleasant as grits. I, yeah, I do not like it. Are you here right now? Sit down and have some cottage cheese. With me. <laughs> Pass the pines. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a hard impersonation it really i feel like you got to get the jowls man you got to speak from like the the jowl man yeah it's hard to do nixon i think Uh. it says here that gerald ford liked english muffins is that what you find us so disgusting tom do you not know he likes he liked cottage cheese too with worcestershire sauce why man like how like did somebody introduce that to him as a kid and like like you know he i think what it was was that during that period of like the i guess it had been the 70s right Mm. like everybody was on that like low fat diet tip and like cottage cheese i guess was like the low fat and most low fat of the cheeses or whatever and Mm. pineapple and grapefruit like motherfuckers just ate that a lot (laughs) keep their weight under control back in that period Mm. ronald reagan jelly beans Fucking jelly disgusting beans. ass, motherfucker. Jelly beans. Clinton man. fucked with McDonald's. That was his number one, apparently. Really? I fuck with, I, I'm an arch's head too. I'd eat McDonald's five times a day if I wouldn't. M- McD- grave. McDonald's, Wendy's, or Burger King? Ah, uh, Wendy's good, but I'm I just like McDonald's. McDonald's. Abraham Lincoln, chicken fricasse. For, for how do you say that? Bro, in the eighteen in the eighteen hundreds, <laughs> they didn't. I just don't even know what they like. They were just on a whole different thing. Bro, they just eat a piece of like roast beef with like between two slices of like thick ass bread or some shit. Now, right, we're coming up know. on the anniversary of Lincoln's assassination. 
what was that 25th of april 14th of april some of you motherfuckers have forgotten it looks like (laughs) (laughs) what happened that day it should be a thing you have to check off on your taxes at the end of every year like a series of boxes have you forgotten about 9-11 january 6th january Uh, 6th assassination (laughs) of lincoln Assassination of William McKinley. I, I mean, that's one I would think. Nobody I would. ever talks yeah. about it, buddy. But it was... nobody ever talks about it because he got he got a, he got got by what an anarchist, right? <laughs> nobody ever talks about it because nobody liked him. <laughs> <laughs> nobody liked it. They're like, we're giving it to the anarchist. It's cool. Now it does suck <laughs> to be like the fifth most important presidential assassination. You know, like all right, all right. no one, like you what, can't even the... hit the board. Yeah, it like yeah, <laughs> something something fairly rare happened to you, and and you're still not even the most memorable at it. God damn. Mm-mm. Um. Uh, yeah, just a listicle of President Foods content is popping today. Just yeah, fucking popping. Um. Oh, man. I got a glasses prescription. I'm getting ready to join the bifocal in this crew. Oh, yeah. I thought no you had glasses. No longer can I claim that I have the best vision of this Mickey Mouse outfit. I thought I thought you already had glasses, but you got them. You got them. I got uh, readers. I got readers, got readers. But now I've got like a prescription. So I'm just going whole hog. Yeah. Yeah. Readers about- are kind of like, it's kind of like being in denial. You're like, I just need mm. a little something to, that's ain't. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then progressively, you're like, you're like, when you see people that you think, like, what happens to me, like, I see people, like, a couple, like, maybe, like, 50 feet away that I think I know, but because I can't, when I didn't have glasses, because I can't really see them, so I don't, I wait, I have to wait to say hi to them, because I don't want to say it too prematurely, and then I get closer, and it's, like, a completely stranger, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's like, when you, when you start getting into, when you start getting into that, that's what you know you need glasses for. Yeah. I couldn't deny it anymore. It got to the point I just could not see it after dark at all driving. Really? Oh, Did they dilate your eyes when you went? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. Are you dilated right now? Are you fuck oh. are you fucking dilating right now? Are you potting while dilating? No, don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. I come here in a sober, <laughs> clear frame of mind every single time. Clear eyed, yeah. Yeah, what you're getting from me is my unvarnished, uh, sober opinions every time, <laughs> except for that Jared Leto thing. That that, that was the funny. Wasn't. The awesome shit was when, when you were a kid. I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but they would mm-hmm. dilate your eyes and they would give you like those roll up sunglasses. They would look like kind of like a roll of film, and you roll them mm-hmm. out, and you put, and they were like cling to your your head and you kind of look like robocop a little bit you know you'd have like, yeah, like yeah you know what i'm saying do you remember those uh, nah what, what, what was it for? why did they do that what was it for so like because you... like when your eyes are dilated a lot of too much light can come oh, in light gets in. yeah uh and so they gotta like keep your pupils guard protected make you, look, you know? make you look like cyborg or some shit yeah isn't mm. that funny 
just like, oh, my problem. I got too much light in my head. I got too much light in my eye. The thing that's oh. supposed to receive light. Yeah. The damnedest thing is when they dilate you. I, I couldn't text like right in front of me, but I could with remarkable accuracy. I can read anything across the room. <laughs> so you're you got far. You're farsighted. You're myopic. Know, whatever, whatever that or, is. Right. Yeah. I'm just I'm it's new, I'm new to the uh, vision impaired community, so I don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh, join us, They've man! Suffering <laughs> now, for decades. I'm no, I'm, I'm great. We're in a grieved community, man. We're in a oh, grieved you're, community. You're speaking to a veteran, someone who not, has not only one <laughs> or two eye ailments, but is also colorblind. So yeah, your eyes it. are virtually useless. <laughs> <laughs> like Literally, they don't even like, have any generic function. <laughs> not performing up to standard. They're just, they're just decorative. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like they're just like placeholders, just chilling. There. <laughs> yeah. Might as well be like the googly eyes, man. Like, like books or records or like uh, wall hangings are just there, just to kind of spruce things up a little. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like visual, a, like a, you know, like a an, a an appendix or something, right? Like the, yeah, 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 vesti- yeah. Vestigial, a vestigial organ, or like, like a tail. You got two vestigial organs in your ass. <laughs> Oh shit. Terrence is evolution. It's like actually societies move past the need for eyeballs, and that's what Terrence represents. <laughs> the bridge to the 22nd century. That's right. <laughs> you know, my whole life I've been ostracized and uh you know, but this whole time. This whole time, man. I was man of the future. How are you? Trans yeah, you're like uh like transhumanism, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. the next uh the ascension of man, you know. I wish they still gave you them damn Roy Orbison glasses when they dilated you. Yeah. Just for fashion. That, that's, that, I mean, like, they probably had to pass a law or something that they couldn't have people walking around looking that cool all the time. Society would break down if everybody looked <laughs> that cool all the time. They had to like, no, more, no, they can't look, they can't look cool and sexy when they come out of the optometrist. No, <laughs> yeah, you gotta look goofy. You like, uh, yeah. Goofy. yeah. 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 Uh, well, boys, there's um, there's several things I suppose we could cover today. I don't really have anything prepared. Um, I just I just saw this new website the other day. I thought maybe it might be worth taking for a spin on the show, but if we're not feeling it, we can always just back out. You know, get out of the car. Mm-hmm. And um do the roll. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, but it's like roll guys. out the car yeah. <laughs> and let it blow up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, roll down the freeway. Yeah. Man, there was yeah. nothing cooler than seeing a guy jump out of a car in a movie, and that's just totally unrealistic. Nobody just pops right back up and runs off into the woods from law enforcement. Right, uh, right. <laughs> lay there with multiple lacerations and broken bones if you survive. <laughs> Right, <laughs> possibly like a caved in skull. Yeah, man. Nah, that they make you think so. if you got a shot leather jacket on, all you gotta do is just kind of just lay out there and you'll be fine. Yeah, you roll. You just gotta roll with it, man. You gotta do the James Bond roll. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine. Shit is fake as hell, man. Oh man, this is kind of a fun website just to hit. Sort of like a chat roulette thing. Like you hit a button and you get like a crazy ass take comes up and so your- it's like. It's like a shuffle feature for unhinged articles. I mean, there should be, I'm saying. (laughs) 
That should be a button you can hit on this website. The, the website is Compact Magazine. Uh, if you don't immediately recognize that name, maybe you'll remember it by its like marketing rollout a few weeks ago. I, I think it was a few weeks ago. It was like maybe earlier this year, 2022 or the end of 2021. Like they had an article in New York Times written about them that was like, it's like two conservatives and a Marxist, like sit down and try to, you know, find the common ground and stuff like that. And so it's like, obviously it's going to, pr- it's going to produce all of the most predictable shit. Mm. Like, you know, articles like only the economic left can beat the woke and why we need the patriarchy. <laughs> you know, that one blew my mind. That, that's a funny. <laughs> that's, that's a funny title. <laughs> that's funny that that, that, that group came up. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> so so rob or amari is the guy who like founded this website he's like a right-winger guy who says so his family fled iran when he was a kid because they banned star wars in iran <laughs> <laughs> and a, this this great proud society that had lasted for thousands of years was buckled in the face of uh fucking <laughs> Uh, industrial light and magic. Yeah. <laughs> George, crazy, George Lucas. Yeah. The craziest thing about that is that that would make a society. I, I have seen how Star Wars has poisoned the minds of my generation. <laughs> and like, could this you is imagine, your hell. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine how much better society would be if they banned Star Wars? Like, if it yeah. would, like society would literally improve, it'd be a better place. It'd be a better place. What's your take, Aaron? As a you're tricky anyway, aren't you? Yeah, so I, I hate Star Wars, man. That shit is trash as hell. I mean, it's also Disney owns it, so it's like it it's is like for you children. Said, it is for children, as Terrence is saying. It's like, especially like it's just kind of. I think if it didn't exist as a franchise, well, you know, maybe. Did, but Disney made it worse, even you know. What it did is honestly, the entire franchise is like emblematic of the general trajectory of all culture, anyways. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like. The movies were pretty good. I mean, you could even maybe say they were masterpieces like the early ones. But like people became so attached to them that they had these high expectations. Mm -hmm. And then like over time, when the when the like prequels didn't live up to those expectations, people settled for these sequels or whatever. The ones that have come out in the last like the pre the quote prequels technically is what they are. Right, right, right. It's, so it's a little like, Simpsons-esque in that way. Yeah, you know it's, just like, I mean? it's this like generation-long yeah. process of like people just settling for less. And just yeah. like being yeah, okay. and with the rationale <laughs> being, well, I guess mid mid Star Wars, kind of like mid Simpsons, is better than no Simpsons. So right, and it's like <laughs> right, watching, right, watching people lie to themselves that that these newer movies are actually good just because really it's depressing. the franchise, yeah, and it's exactly. just because it's the franchise. You know what? That's a, I, like you can make like a funny joke, like you know, like uh, like uh, the way that Star Wars uh, has. Uh, kind of been a parallel, parallel trajectory with the introduction of neoliberalism or some shit like that. You can make an insane like argument about like our society and the media and shit, but I do think like it is kind of emblematic of like, yeah, like we used to like hope for more and embody that in our culture, and now we just like don't anymore, and we just like hand it off to like a mega corporation like Disney. Right. We used to have uh, Chewbacca, Yoda, and Han Solo. <laughs> now we have no Solo, no Yoda, and no Chewbacca. No Chewbacca. No, ch- yeah. no Baca. No Baca. <laughs> no Solo, no Yoda. <laughs> Noda. Yeah, exactly. Noda. Yeah, Noda. 
<laughs> no baka. Han, no, no. That was a weird tangent. I didn't. I just Sorab Armare. That's the guy that started Compact Magazine. Yeah. He said that that was a sign of totalitarianism in Iran that they banned Star Wars. And I'm saying that it is one, I'd say that is a sign of sanity if you ban it. <laughs> the, the Ayatollah got that one right. <laughs> Did it miss that? He didn't miss that at all. Uh, I mean, but you could just take any of these articles for a ride. So wait, I mean, can I ask a question? Who's so who's the who's the Marxist in this thing? Uh, yeah, that's my question. If you tell me Adam Twos, I'm gonna like lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Twos is a Marxist, but um maybe this guy Edwin Aponte. Edwin Aponte got to be Edwin Aponte Cope. Is a founder and editor of Compact. Previously, he was the editor of The Bellows, which he founded in 2020. <laughs> all right, all right. That's all I needed to know. Wait, okay. what's The Bellows? What is, what is The Bellows? What is it? I don't know. It was like this briefly lived website that like kind of like collapsed catastrophically when like the two founders like turned on each other or something like that. Like okay. it was, it was just one of those websites that p- published like articles in the vein of like Marxist leftists who have spent their entire career being like, why are you making me conservative? Why? Why are you? Oh yeah. This is like, this is why I left the left type of shit that yeah, exactly. It's like why I left the left type shit. And it's like, you were never left in the first place. Yeah. I mean, like there, obviously I think that there are like critiquing the left is a Mm -hmm. valid thing. And that I, as a critic who hates on everything, yeah, it's like as a natural born I, hater. Ob- obviously, I can't, I can't be a natural born hater on one hand and say in the other like you shouldn't do that because I think everything is worthy of criticism, every single yeah. thing. But yeah. like making that your whole thing, it's just like it, it just it's an, it's kind of like that article we read last week. It's like kind of it's an embarrassing window in onto someone's tr- like identity that they don't know you can see it's like oh like they're taking it the out they're like they're like they're like owning themselves basically like they're, they're handing owning, themselves the out they're yeah. owning themselves yes yes they're dropping dimes on themselves basically <laughs> they're just like they're just like <laughs> look at the mirror like you bark ass trick yeah, it's yeah. Like the, you it's know like you the, got that shirt my man it damn sure wasn't the men's department <laughs> <laughs> and that shit don't even fit right shit all tight across your chest <laughs> It's kind of like the MF, the old MF Doom thing, like rap snitches. It's like, <laughs> come on, dude, come on. <laughs> Keep your business. I mean, like, if it's this kind of stuff, but also, like, yeah, okay. Critique of the left for a, a mm. mainstream audience, like, you know, I think that can be done as well, too. But, like, yeah. I just find that, like, in a, in a lot of cases, a lot of these types of endeavors are they're in bad faith usually mm-hmm. right yeah, uh, yeah and I mean, like if it's in good faith then that's good you know that's fine whatever mm-hmm. but it like these are in bad faith and these are mm-hmm. people who, who are secretly they haven't admitted it to themselves yet but they are conservative and they so, are conservatives like, yeah i mean it's Absolutely. like and, and if if that's the case then like that's just that's fine just yeah just it. say it just, just say like, it like you don't got a lot like trojan horse and lie to me like i could already see it yeah 
Right. I, yeah. I don't know. Let's read his article. He's only got one. The unbearable funniness this? of the free speech wars. Oh my god. Um. Oh, this would be good. I don't know if I want to read that. It was, I, I wish you would tell me this guy's like also like the uh, social chair of East Bay DSA or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those more like uh, dysfunctional DSA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Atlanta DSA. Really, <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Also, too, like when you know what it was, the unbearable phoniness, like he's like kind of ripping off of a Milan Kundera title book. This shit's going to be great, man. Is that great. what you think it's? A, is that what it's a reference to? That book? Yeah, because isn't it? Oh, isn't Milan Kundera an unbearable lightness of being? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. But this one's not that good, though. I don't know. I'm, I, I could give you guys, I could let you guys pick. You got you got all kinds of options here. Are we gonna do? A little, hey, let's do a little pick our own adventure here. Give us yeah. Some all hey, right. So you got history doesn't repeat itself by Oliver Bateman. That maybe there you could do a little bit of a flexing your nuts on dialectical materialism and mm. class conflict as the driver of history. That kind of stuff. I don't mm. know. That that might be obviously he's. I think his point. I read it earlier. His point is that history doesn't repeat itself. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, feel like I feel like everything happens to do and it's like okay <laughs> also i feel like if you title your piece with like what is which is based what is basically a one line description of your article like nobody should have to read your article you know what I, mean? <laughs> I agree i agree <laughs> i love this website i can already tell this website is going to be a vast trough of content for me even even better than ideas <laughs> Even more so than ideas in the Atlantic, I think. This is yeah, probably pretty good. Um, so anyways, yeah, uh, history doesn't repeat itself. There you got that. I mean, what, what, what we could probably do that whole article just with like two, two sentences. Tom Sexton, does history repeat itself? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> No, it rhymes. That's what it is. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, only the economic left can beat the woke. <laughs> I'm down. That one sounds interesting. Yeah, that one sounds pretty interesting. That one does sound interesting, uh, but you know, it's like, is this the case for the patriarchy? This no, is that a different then, one. Then there is a case <laughs> for the patriarchy. The one why we need the patriarchy. Let's uh, let's leave. Uh, let's do those two. The last two. Yeah. Okay, but also there is this one, but maybe I can save this one. Dude, there's too much content on this website. What are we going to do? This is fucked up. What the fuck? An embarrassment of riches. It's just, yeah, we don't know what to do with it. This is too good. We started out like, man, the content's not really flowing. And now part two of the episode, we've got too much. So we're drowning in content. It's like like when the dog finally catches the car. It's like, man, I don't know what to do with this shit. It's like when Jack Clampett shot that. And the bubbling right in the out. oil bubbled up. There's here's the real tech backlash by Catherine D. Apparently, it's about sex. I mean, I, I kind of want to know what the tech. I do. I have kind of. I do want to take the pulse. Seems like we're in the midst of sex panic. We are. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely are. are. Well, let's let's just start that one. Let's see where if it's not good, we'll we'll jump ship. We'll go over to that Patreon. Yeah, Little dim stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. have to follow any of these to the end. I just <laughs> they're like they're, each one of them is pretty shortish. It's like they're just like little think pieces meant to drive you insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. To get clicks. A technology rebellion is coming. This is the real tech backlash. Catherine D. Uh, 
even if we can't make out its contours yet. All right, who's Catherine D? A, a writer who blogs at Default Friend. Who? What is Default Friend? Do I want to know? The uh, most obscure publications that nobody's ever heard of, man. My internet's being too slow. Okay. Um, uh, rather, it's okay. Technology rebellion is coming, even if we can't make out its contours quite yet. Or rather, it's here. Okay, is it coming or is it here? <laughs> Mm-hmm. and its contours are obvious we just don't know we just don't know the rebellion is about tech the next tech backlash isn't about privacy and surveillance it isn't based on back to the land fantasies or fears of our ai it's about sex this isn't the first time people have predicted a mass rejection of tech in the 21st century in 2001 the science writer ronald bailey described young people who feared among other things technology's symbiotic relationship with corporate power between 2010 and 12, in the days of the Arab Spring and the mainstreaming of social media platforms, the press once warned, this is boring, blah, blah, blah. In 2018, amid alarmism about Silicon Valley's so-called dark enlightenment and the alt-right, reporters detected a new threat coming from digital native anti-techies, whether it was deep ecologists espousing human biodiversity or pubescent Ted Kaczynski acolytes, the so-called pine trees who want to return to a more primitive state. Through it all, there have been hopeful stories about where's the sex? Where is the fuck? Let's, yeah, let's get to let's, yeah, get, let's get, get to the good stuff, man. Meats and cheeks, meats and cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> you can point. I was like, uh, yeah. You can point to the hipsters of the mid two thousands opting for analog, or to the current crop of online strange online communities, be it Twitter bodybuilders or seed oil disrespectors. This is like this is like when you're eleven and you're fast forwarding to that part uh in titanic so you can jack off <laughs> yeah right. look at looking at the door make sure your dad don't come through your mom don't, sure come your through. don't come through turn around turn around real quick your parents, right every when... time you watch it with your parents that part of the like scene starts getting kind of a little fuzzy because it's been rewound and fast forwarded so many times. <laughs> yeah. the tape, the tape wears out yeah. it's like a three-hour movie too so you gotta do a lot to get to that <laughs> Um, there's a broad reason. There's a reason why a broad tech backlash has not materialized. If you look at all the anti-tech blips of the last two decades, not enough has been at stake. One man's atomization is another man's convenience. There's one exception to this sex. Okay. Okay. Finally, (laughs) man, let me see them cheeks, bro. Another colon too. I like, I, I love how like the last two times we've had sex. Oh wait. Okay. never mind. At the top, it's about sex. All right, never mind. The last two times. All right. Even as they add users, dating apps are gaining critics who have come to believe that these programs are preventing us from forming relationships. If stories about West Elm, Caleb, and buzzwords like dating app fatigue aren't convincing, just take a look at statistics. 44.2 million Americans use dating apps, while a full third of men on those apps report that they have never gone on a single date. 45% of people report feeling frustrated after using dating platforms while 30 percent feel pessimistic about them elsewhere so wait, we, this is not about a lack of sex this is like this is not about sex it's about like no sex i think it's about it's like zero buns is this the world's most banal defense of west Ham, caleb <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> we gotta dress it up in something about tech and the future <laughs> da, 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 da. but really if we're just doing the you know the cliff the one version like, it's like, I just, I like west elm caleb innocent <laughs> it is i like i hate how in the minds this is exactly the kind of 
like the article we read for last week's episode, the writer of that would fit in perfectly here. And I hate that, like, for a whole crop of writers being like an iconoclast and a contrarian and saying the like the things people nobody wants to say is that they literally just take something that like there is kind of a broad consensus on like in the article last week she put, took brock turner and in this case it's west Elm caleb or whatever and then they just say <laughs> the opposite and they're like i fucking did that yeah and, like, i fucking did it. look at that and, shit and yeah it's yeah, just, yeah, and it's, yeah, like, yeah it's not a very clever trick first of yeah. all but like if you're gonna do it just at least make it fun or funny or, yeah, or whatever you're right tom it's they've made it awesome I think yeah. most people, except for like the weirdest like liberals, think that West Elm Caleb didn't do anything wrong. So it's really not tread yeah. new territory. You're, <laughs> you're exactly right. You're exactly mm. right about that. Mm. Uh, when it comes to relationships, technological progress has not led to better outcomes. In 2020, most singles in the U.S. reported being dissatisfied with their dating lives. 67% of people think their dating lives aren't going well at all. Blah blah blah. <laughs> we we are in the midst of a sex recession that may be turning into a sex great depression. A sex session, sex, sex recession, sex sex session. Um. Well, uh, dude, I don't know. While many of these trends go back much further than dating apps, the failure of dating apps to deliver on their promises calls into question the broader ideology of progress and cult of technology man this person boring. wrote this because they didn't get no cheeks man it's supposed boring. to they've been on a date and that for a minute and they didn't get no buns and that's why they're upset so they decided to write about this right i now. guess so this is not okay you know first article out of the gate and this new <laughs> website and it did not deliver it's like if you're gonna hit. lean into being if you're gonna be an iconoclast lean fully into it let's you say here's to. what we, here's how we should do this we basically got well. We got three articles picked out. Let's see if they get bad at least two out of three. That's the way we can prognosticate about their long term prospects. Okay, <laughs> exactly. all right. I like the sound exactly. of that. So I like zero for one. I like the sound of that. Yeah. No. I mean, um, you know, in, unless we get like accused of like having not any valid recommendations, I'm trying to think of like how you could have made this article better. Like, if your point is you're trying to make, what I mean, what is the point here? The point is that. We're not having enough sex, and so and sex apps are fit are are, are uh, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's a failure of tech, I guess. Right. It says here calls into question broader ideology of progress and cult of technology. Indeed, there are good reasons to believe that swiping leads to a cheapening of sex that harms our ability to form relationships. As people come to suspect that the problem is the technology they are using to connect, not the people they are trying to connect with, they will long to return to more human less mediated forms of connection it's kind of this thing this is another line that's very mm. common i think in this sphere is that like there are traditional values that we have let erode or decay and like it not and by we they mean like the countercultural left they mean that like yeah. these like traditional values uh, have been eroded by yeah like the sort of like you know wanton left the the countercultural mm. left and that like um and and that's it, and not like what the actual culprit is, which is like capitalist social yeah. relations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also the left, the left utilizes like big tech is on the left side and the left utilizes like big technology to like further uh, uh, diminish right. culture, these cultural values. This is the shit that Josh Hawley talks about when he talks mm -hmm. about that Republican senator. He talks about like big tech and, you know, it's liberal, uh, uh, you know, predisposition and shit like that. So, yeah. Oh man, yeah, this, right, this, yeah right. we've heard it before. We've heard right. this before. Whoever wrote this, um, yeah, I mean, 
you know, um, there they I think we should go back to, you know, you remember when you would do this like or not you, I, I would hear about them. Mm-hmm. It would be like blind date things like you go to like a bar or some stuff like something like that. And they like mm-hmm. you sit across from a stranger you've never met and you have to like talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, but they were like, like a speed dating kind of thing. Speed too, dating. That's the fuck. Yeah, speed right? dating. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We should bring that back. Is, is that what they're asking to bring back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like I dating 30 years ago was pretty fucking brutal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe not 30 years ago, but well, yeah, probably like, you know what I mean? Before, like, before, like, before, like, uh, like, uh, like cell phones and text, not for cell phones, but before, like, you know, you could just text somebody when you went to meet up with them. But now instead you had to call them on a house phone and hope that they would just fucking meet you where you were. You mean, are you talking about like that far back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine it was a whole lot of fun. No. I mean, I watched I mean, that I... movie Marty with Ernest Borgnine. Mm. You know, you ever, you ever seen that movie? No. The mm. premise of the movie is that like a heavy set man gets a girlfriend. Like it was crazy back then. They were like, oh my God. In the 50s. Like Shallow Hal reversed. <laughs> I guess so, maybe. Yeah. But like it didn't make you wouldn't believe this slovenly reprobate beats. <laughs> Uh, he gets bitches you wouldn't believe Um, all right so we'll go two out of three uh second one up why we need the patriarchy nina power in recent years patriarchy (laughs) in recent years patriarchy has been dug up and reanimated as a term to describe the supposedly poor behavior of men it now functions as a sneer word one of the many used as a shorthand for indicating the right stance to be preserved by progressive-minded folk everywhere. Yet there is something ironic in attributing our social ills to an excess of paternal authority. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, one in four children live without a father of any kind, (laughs) biological, (laughs) step or adoptive, a situation the National Fatherhood Initiative suggests is a factor in nearly all social ills. Wait, hold on. There's an organization called what? What did you just say? National Fatherhood Initiative. Uh, and yeah. if I... I do comms there, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> on the on, I moonlight as the comms director at National Fatherhood Initiative. Represent daddies everywhere. Hell yeah. Fathers, where they are depicted in mainstream culture, veer between inept and pathetic at one end, unable to solve base ho- basic whole who hold bleh, base, unable to solve basic household tasks, and at the other, violent. Okay. D- depicted where in mainstream culture you can't just say i mean i guess you can at compact magazine but like y- you kind of have to specify fathers where they are depicted in mainstream culture veer between inept and pathetic at one end and at the other violent alcoholic and abusive consumed by impotent rage railing against the universe and harming women and children like where mm. are they depicted this way like i don't like i mean yeah. in movies in hollywood on tv in, like are, are we getting like, news stories about fathers like right, this like, right right, right. So. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? yeah like headlines like <laughs> dads worse than ever worse than ever dads <laughs> oh, oh god yo. dad approval at an all-time low <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? right <laughs> Just yeah. graphs of lines going down. <laughs> yeah, lines going down. I don't, I don't, okay. Despite claims to the contrary, we do not live in a patriarchy. A patriarchy would require men taking responsibility for their families or for society at large. 
Instead, we live in an infantilized culture in which men and women are more like brother and sister, contending against each, each other in a condition of perverse equality. Two crucial texts for understanding this. Oh, come on, dog. Two crucial texts. We're three paragraphs in, and you're dropping two crucial texts on me. Already? <laughs> Already? You got you to gotta wait. A, a, a golden rule for all writing, I feel like. Uh is always drop your crucial text towards the very, very end. Exactly, exactly. I mean, to help round out your point. Don't drop it. Don't make this person prove your point before, before, before you, before yes, you before even you like, get into it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stop reading and just right. read whatever book you suggested. Yeah. Basically, what this amounts to is I just read a book and I'm going to show you how smart I am by recounting the things I read. I'm going to play the hits back to you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regurgitate what I just read. <laughs> right, like you're a cover uh, band. You're being a cover band. And that'd be like us getting on the mic and playing in the microphone like another podcast that's covering <laughs> topics that we are. Well, <laughs> Gross's Fresh Air from 2006. <laughs> There's right. a little Adam Twos coming at you, folks. Uh, <laughs> with the Trillbillies, we'll be here all night. As men and women become indistinct. Okay, this is, I already know this is probably going to be a bad paragraph. Okay. Wait. <laughs> The two crucial texts, Alexander Mr. Lich's 1963 book, Society Without the Father, and Juliet Flower McCannell's The Regime of the Brother After the Patriarchy from 1991. As men and women became indistinct, this tendency created by the desegregation of sex-based spheres amid the rise of industrial society. The two sexes largely perform the same jobs, enjoy the same types of culture, and compete along similar lines in sex military life, and other physical activities most evident today in the spectacle of men competing in and dominating women's sports. Interesting a little uh, dig there you got. Like what, ballet or some shit? Like what is a women's sport? I don't understand. What's a woman's sport? I think it's they? a reference to that. I think it's a reference to that. The swimmer that recently, yeah, yeah I, it was right in the middle of when I was moving, mm -hmm. so I wasn't paying mm -hmm. a lot of attention to the, like the specifics. But th wasn't there like a swimmer recently that was competing in the Olympics? Yeah, like I a think trans. I think she uh, was swimmer. Right, oh, okay. right, right, right. Oh, okay. And then and like they, they framed the Virginia Tech swimmer as saying this, releasing this statement about how it was unfair. And it turned out that girl was like not even involved in that statement. Oh, my God. Leah Thomas is, is her name. Mm. Um, but this they've been they've been frothing about this for weeks now. Um, now these motherfuckers thought the first thing about swimming until there was a trans swimmer. Yeah, right, right. right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, and as we pointed out in a past episode, it literally does not matter. I mean, no, it's it's like it's like Georgia you here. Be, yeah, you want to be uh, you want to be, be take steroids, fucking suck yeah. it up, and yeah. do steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, you want to win. I thought you wanted to win. I thought this was if you sport. want to win. You, you want to go for the goal, right? <laughs> nah, <man. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now I was, I was gonna go ahead, Terrence. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good uh, Mr. Lich, Mr. Lich, a German psychologist, was prescient in observing that the collapse of the paternal function would result in an increasingly bureaucratic nanny state. Yeah, I'm sure that's the thing that's resulted in what a an increasingly bureaucratic nanny state. Sure, it has nothing to do with the hollowing out of all bureaucratic systems and welfare state of any 
if it, you know, of all of its yeah. surplus, both capital and you know, just mental energy, yeah. right? Uh, create. I don't know. It's um the the last two years of okay he wrote a structural combination characteristic of our competitive society is a combination of envy with an appetite for dependence which as a result of the advent of the administered masses has superseded the old ideal of rivalry rivalry with the father the last two years of mass support for highly authoritarian measures in the name of covid safety attest that many would prefer to be told what to do by an anonymous technocracy than their older relatives, male or otherwise. Um, so what's the difference? You would so you would rather be under the heel of like your daddy than like your state? Is this what the <laughs> person is saying? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what is this fucking difference? Once again, once again, <laughs> we have proven that when you write in this genre, you will always be providing a window onto your like pathologies. You know what I mean? That yes, you don't yes. really. Yeah, like you can't really like you're saying more than you could ever know. This article <laughs> is saying, like, I I am a sub. I'm a sub. I want to be <laughs> I someone please fucking dom me. <laughs> the last one, the last one is getting no cheeks. This one fucking daddy. This one needs God, daddy. daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Need daddy. daddy. This is a highly sexualized magazine, it seems like so far. It seems like all these people, like on a, in a Freudian sense, and I know nothing about Freud, man. maybe I'm making shit up. I don't know. But they're all speaking to, like, seems like, like I don't know. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking shit. But what this is, is the, what are the three things? What is the, com- <laughs> what is the f- common thread of the last three articles we've read in this vein? The one from last week, the one we read before this, and the one now? It's like a sex anxiety. It really yes. is. It's yes. like, yes. it really is like in the strictest Freudian sense. They write from like all a lot of the writers in this vein, they're writing yeah. from like an unconscious sex anxiety, and they don't yeah. realize it. They don't, exactly. realize it. they don't you're realize it. You're looking around at your boys like, damn. I'm like, you see this shit, bro? <laughs> but <laughs> let me tell you, there's only one dignified way to, to deal with those anxieties. And that is to adopt a stiff upper lip and pretend like they don't exist. <laughs> Very yeah, I got a down. small penis. So so fucking what? <laughs> I still oh, I still eat that fucking pussy good, don't I? A pole top sexism, man. Well, I just said that one time. I was talking about one of his friends and boom was like there's only two ways to address the small penis thing and that's either act like it just is not even a thing or just be like well f- so fucking what <laughs> so fucking what you still gonna y'all, suck it y'all y'all still gonna suck it so what <laughs> it's, it's still gonna be a side you know i'm like oh, <laughs> um, all right next paragraph we get the french revolution always gonna be good french revolution championed liberty equality and fraternity but while we are well accustomed to dis- discussing the first two ideals, the last fraternity has received relatively little attention. It is the figure of the brother more than the dream. This of person the literally means brother. When they say fraternity, they're literally talking about a brotherhood, not like you know what I'm saying, like a community, a commu- like commu- like a communal relationship with your fellow man, but literally a brother. Re- literally, lots and lots of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, like the Duggars or Sigma Phi Epsilon. It is the figure of the brother more than the dream of equality or liberty that truly defines the post-revolutionary era. As McCannell, a feminist scholar, put it, what we have in the place of the patriarchy is the regime of the brother. Under the regime of, tell me more, 
under the regime. I'm a brother. Tell brother. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a brother, but I have I have a sister, so I'm a brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two cents. This appeals to me. <laughs> The regime of the brother does sound like something I could potentially get into. <laughs> all right. All right. It does sound like something. Yeah. You would see in like Black Panther Party literature and like. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Ultimately, this is going to be way more disappointing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Under the regime of the brother, sexual difference is eliminated and men and women alike are assimilated into a masculine ideal of fraternity. This has played out to the point of absurdity in the 30 years since McCannell wrote her book. Women are expected to work, think, act, and love like men. Meanwhile, the brotherly tendency to exercise power without responsibility has replaced any paternal role. We live in the era of the domineering <laughs> hedonist brother who seeks to erase sexual difference and thus women. Like, is this like a turf thing? Is this like a turf that's article? What it sound, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's leaning towards that. Yeah. Real fathers and mothers are diminished. Men and women are forced to compete for jobs and for sexual partners in increasingly similar ways. Sexual difference has been recoded as an identity, unmoored not only from biology, but also from established practice. Okay, what is biology? I mean, mean, seriously, it's like, you want to talk about a controversial idea? Talk about Mm -hmm. what the fuck biology is. Where did that come from? I mean, seriously, that's the thing. It's like, these people, they're like, we're iconoclasts. We're talking about controversial Mm -hmm. ideas. It's like, maybe we need to examine the foundations Mm -hmm. of the entire, like, scientific hegemonic idea. Like, what if the people who came up with the scientific method and these other things we're wrong about some things. What like, if they were fucking racist? What if they were what sexist? If they were what if they were? I mean, if you talk about during the Enlightenment, that's when phrenology and all that fucking shit came about. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Andrew I mean, Sullivan's whole career. You know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> motherfucker ain't been right about nothing. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Um. Oh. I recall when many felt that dating apps would never make the transition from gay men to straight women, and yet here we are. I don't, what is that even? I don't even understand. What does that mean? Um, Nina, complaints about patriarchal men are ironic because they take aim not at the effects of patriarchy, but at those of its absence. Yeah, just that common just that common complaint you're all the time hearing about. Just like, that guy is a patriarchal man. <laughs> like, no yeah. one says no one says that the frat boy the porn adult young man who acts caddishly and frivolously <laughs> isn't a father figure the young man is talking about me goddamn computer to the shop Give every a two shout months because it's so porned up <laughs> got the shout out <laughs> right the the guy who creates a full-time job at the computer repair shop because of all the malware <laughs> on his computer yeah is <laughs> not a father figure He's literally a brother. The more women act like brothers, the more uncanny our social and sexual relations become. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there's something I was going to say about that. Um, well, anyways, men are no longer encouraged to be protective of themselves, of women or children, or of their communities. When masculinist writers suggest that men should take responsibility, they are dismissed by liberal critics as right-wing or worse. These attacks should be ignored if we are ever to fully reconfigure a form of life that permits the celebration of the beauty of sexual difference and the roles of fathers and mothers. We celebrate an image of freedom that may be the logical consequence of revolutionary ideals, uh, ideas of equality, but in doing so, we have left millions of people without meaning and positive social values. 
uh, by dismantling patriarchy, we have lost some things of value, the protective father, the responsible man, the, the paternalistic attitude that exhibits care. Do you really think that like men in like 1790 were responsible? Do you really yeah, exactly. Think that? Are you really going to tell me that? Like well, Aaron Burr dropped a dude and just fucking left the country. Was like, <laughs> yeah, just fucking left. Yeah, they, and this was the leadership you know, the, the yeah. country. You know and they tried I mean? to steal Mexico type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like it did not take responsibility for their actions. The per, uh, the paternalistic attitude that exhibits character, <laughs> caring capacity. <laughs> that is a good point. It's like just a veritable who's who of people that tried to own other people and like depressed <laughs> drunks that like left their wives and like had love children. Exactly. <laughs> Like, yeah, tell me what was, like, responsible about Thomas Jefferson. Back when, exactly. back when men were men. Yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn. So. Rather than, <laughs> yeah, we have, by dismantling patriarchy, we have lost some things. Rather than simply placing constraints on freedom, this has resulted in a horizontal competitive society that suits consumer capitalism very well, one in which there is no power outside the market and state. Those who oppose injustice should think twice before denouncing patriarchy. It's uh, Nina Power is author of What Do Men Want? Masculinity and Its Discontent. Yeah, see, that's the thing. The last couple sentences there are kind of just this is uh, let me just read that again. This has resulted in a horizontal competitive society that suits consumer capitalism very well. Like, I don't really understand how you get there. I mean, I don't understand how like you don't see the effects of neoliberalism uh, of the last 40 50 years and like to the extent that what you're saying is even true of course like yeah social relations have broken down and there's commu- no community anymore but once again like i just don't see how like you look at that and just like if that and just like say that like it's because men have lost their sense of responsibility and paternalistic exactly. yeah, responsibility and, and attitude like okay if that's true when did that happen and why was it a sudden thing yeah. was it a gradual yeah. like you know where where does i don't understand it very yeah. is obviously a result of you know what we call like neoliberalism or, or market yeah. economy yeah and also too it's like i've never heard the term patriarchy be used in a positive light like you know what i'm saying like it's always used as like you know like the system of oppression of men by women right but this person is talking about like it's almost like when they're 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 switching out patriarchy for paternalism they're using them inter um um, um uh, like right. you know what I'm saying like together you know what I'm saying it's yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. you, you haven't even really like you haven't really addressed the fact that like well there are like scholars that have like many many that have written about patriarchy and it's like harmful effects on society you know what I'm saying the way it's tied in with capitalism you like if you want to convince people the least you could do is like bring up a few more of those examples and refute them rather than come up with your own definition you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like, like no, as if right. I'm not well well I mean Anyone who reads this is not going to fucking do the uh, supplemental reading to see if this person is like making the shit up or not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, this ultimately is just a vanity project. This magazine. No one is actually a vanity project that tries to get at one simple thing is how to have sex. And (laughs) here's what I got to say to you is, you know, most of us manage to pull it off eventually if you just. All you have to have is like is a clean apartment and a TV. 
<laughs> and all you have to do is this. Having sex with girls is very easy. All you have to do is at some juncture in the evening, you have to look over and just say, hey, you want to go watch some TV? <laughs> have a TV and you and just say, hey, you want to go watch some TV? And then if she goes to watch TV with you right. in your bedroom, she's going to have sex with you probably. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's it. You you don't. I mean, again, don't don't force the issue, but uh, you'll you'll pull it off if you just you know stay in the pocket. Just be chill, man. Instead of spending time (laughs) writing like a a sex anxiety hateful ass articles, just you know, just chill out, man. I would say that, like, yeah, responsible adults, or as she puts it in this article, like they can communicate Mm -hmm. well. Like, I think that's a, a sign of maturity: the ability to communicate well. It's like it doesn't have to be much more complicated than that. Um, but, you know, so I so you said two out of three, Tom. Um, that leaves only the economic left can beat the woke. It's a bit of a longer one, so it depends on what you guys have in you. And then there's history doesn't repeat itself, Oliver Bateman, and then there's Edwin Aponte, the unbearable phoniness of the free speech wars. That's probably the shortest one. If I had to let's let's balance it out. We'll do a Ponte since he's the resident Marxist. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. You know, just by the way, their fucking website keeps fucking up on me. Um, you guys, you know, the guy's name's Edwin Aponte. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's either a Marxist or a, the a middle reliever for the San Diego Padres. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, the New York Times published an editorial bemoaning the fact that Americans feel constrained in expressing their opinions. In a survey conducted by Siena College, 46% of respondents reported feeling less free to talk about politics than they did a decade ago. This very serious data-driven marquee article comes from almost two decades after the emergence of quote-unquote call-out culture, an intra-left phenomenon in which organizers and activists granted themselves permission to publicly savage one another over race, gender, sexual relations, and all other third rail political topics. By the 2010s, the social contagion had escaped the confines of the left activist lab and mutated into the cancel cancel culture that many of us live in fear of or deny exists. But as the story goes, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Right-wingers are currently in hysterics trying to push back against what they see as publicly sanctioned discrimination against white Americans. Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist, has skillfully agitated for suppressing race essentialism in classroom settings. His campaign wait, is... Wait, <laughs> uh, come on, Edwin. Like, I don't know if you want to use the adjective or the adverb skillfully. I mean, that's, that's, that's... Uh, Okay. All right. I love how like they that that's the way they put it. Race essentialism. Race essentialism. Yeah, yeah, and race essentialism. One could look at it that way, or one could look at it as well. He just uh, caused a race panic for no good reason, just for their own ends. But yeah, sure. Skillfully fighting race essentialism. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. I hate feckless uh, leftists like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't, can't say what they. You can't say like, what look, they mean. I, I used to yeah. like Oliver Bateman a little bit, but like yeah. it's like motherfucker, you know what you did starting a fucking podcast with Amy Therese. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. You, know, right? you know, you know what I feel you're like doing. Like Oliver's wrestling writing or whatever, but. Bro, come okay. on. Okay, you know what, so, so you know he, what fucking time it is. He's the one who wrote the history doesn't repeat itself article. Yeah, interesting. Oh my god, man. um, I'd never encountered him until just now. But you're right. That's uh, you're right, dude. Just don't say has skillfully agitated for suppressing race essentialism and class and studies. Sure, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. If you're a coward, <laughs> like, yeah, just say what you if you're a huge fucking pussy. What do you what are you scared of? You're scared of you're gonna post it online and a bunch of like online leftists are gonna come after you, bro. Like, what are you scared of, man? No, dude, that's the thing that fucking kills me. Like, all a lot of these guys are just too pussy to be conservatives. Just (laughs) yes, do it. (laughs) Just do it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, that's such a good point, Terrence. You're right. His his campaign against critical race theory has been met with much enthusiasm on the right. Frankly, I am less interested in the merits of one or the other position. Um, does drag queen story hour at local libraries go too far? Should biblical scripture be studied as divinely inspired in public schools? Then I am in the purpose, in the purpose, such very serious converse consternation over the issue serves. <clears throat> Did you guys catch that? I didn't really catch that. Sorry. Um, let me read that again. Frankly, I'm less interested in the merits that one or the other position does drag queen story hour at local libraries go too far? Should biblical scripture be studied as divinely inspired in schools? Then I am in the purpose such very serious consternation over the issue, sirs. The truth is that whichever wing of liberal capital is in public ascendancy or political ascendancy, be it the conservatives or the progressives, its preferred censorship regime will spread through civil society institutions and individuals until it is so deeply internalized that most people reflexively conform to it. One of the earliest thinkers to come close to describing this phenomenon was Alexis de Tocqueville, whose nine-month tour of the U.S. in 1835 birthed one of the finest examinations of American society to date. In Democracy in America, he explained that unlike the feudal monarchies of old, the circumscription of speech in America came not at the barrel of a gun, but through democratic dissemination. And then he quotes de Tocqueville here. Do you guys want me to do de Tocqueville? Do the talk You want me to do the voice of Alex? <laughs> do it as Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Under the absolute government of one alone, despotism <laughs> struck the body cruelly so as to reach the soul. And the soul, escaping from those blows, rose gloriously above it. But in democratic republics, tyranny does not proceed in this way. It leaves the body and goes straight for the soul. The master no longer says to it, you shall think as I do, or you shall die. He says, you are free not to think as I do. The, the fucking thing about this dumbass book, which every fucking like hackneyed pundit has been quoting for the last 100 years, is that like, I guarantee you, I've given people like tours of my region where I live, mediated mm. by some nonprofit or, you know, non-governmental organizations or some, mm. something like that. You think it was any different back then? No. De Tocqueville yeah. got the vision of America that he got from his like handlers and like tour guides on the ground. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he did not like th- I hate that people treat this book like it's like an unfiltered, unadulterated, yeah. like objective 
analysis of American society. It's yeah. like, fuck off. You, you seriously, yeah. you're as stupid as the people who think the fucking Bible is 100% fucking real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, that's just not the way shit works, man. People, like, everything is mediated by clientage and patronage. Even Absolutely. On the left. Yeah. <laughs> even the example of, like, if you're going to have somebody over your house, you clean the fuck up, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, why would you think, <laughs> why you think that the United States would be like, all right, we got to hide the slaves. Like, we got to hide all right. the poor people. <laughs> we got to hide the, indentured, the white indentured servants. Like, all the women have to stand behind their husbands. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, shit. Oh, next, just, time oh, I shit. Give, next time I give a tour of Appalachia, I'm feeding motherfuckers bologna sandwiches instead of taking them to <laughs> our best restaurants. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, hey, do you want the tour? Do you want the unvarnished tour? Or do you want the Tocqueville tour? Uh. Uh, you want the street tacos or you want the Grigo shit, man? What you want? It's like even motherfuckers yeah. I like, like Cornell West or even like when William Barber came with like the people's thing. It's like I like those guys a lot. But like mm. they do have like their sort of nonprofit liberal handlers that gatekeep them and only show them and let certain yeah. people have access to them and all that kind of stuff. It's like even people you like, they get I mean, it's just like in some in some sometimes I guess it's probably just the best you got, but like mm. Even like folks coming here for the right reasons and stuff, I think don't really get the unvarnished, like, you know, yeah. the real shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think the I mean, barber, I think that thing, I think when he came yeah. to Eastern Kentucky, it was like a private event, which was I thought was very. Really? <laughs> it was the KFTC, though, right? Can I thought it was going to. Like, people from KFTC called me, like, you want to meet the Reverend William Barber? And it's like, well, yeah, sure. And then, but it's like, well, you got to, he's, he's available uh, between 604 and 615. Then we have to move him along because he's got to get da 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 da. You know, it's like there's always an itinerary and you just, yeah, like, you know. yeah. The, you, you mentioned Cornell West, the clothes, the, I actually uh, had the opportunity to see him, but I did it. And that's only because he came to eat at a restaurant I was working at. So, you know, the only access you have is if you just see the motherfucker, like actually seeing the sights and shit like that and getting food. You know, otherwise, right, right, like, right. you know, like otherwise, as you said, Tom, you got to go through this whole like, you know, this whole like rigmarole just to like talk to him, man. God, um, yeah. You uh, hate to bother a man while he's eating. <laughs> yeah, like, are you Cornell West? Hey, what's up, nah, man. <laughs> yeah, like a waffle halfway down your throat. Nah, man, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I ain't gonna do that shit. Tocqueville's observation is astute, but his error was in excusing those prevailing speech codes as the ironic but natural result of liberal democratic rule rather than the oblique application of ruling class ideology. <clears throat> Wait, what are the fucking ironic speech codes? I, mean, I guess I got to actually read the Tocqueville quote. Sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. Under the absolute government of one alone, despotism struck the body cruelly so as to reach the soul. So he's talking about like monarchies and the mm -hmm. soul escaping from those blows rose gloriously above it. But in democratic republics, tyranny does not proceed in this way. It leaves the body and goes straight for the soul. The master no longer says to it, you shall think as I do or you shall die. He says, you are free not to think as I do. Your life, your goods, everything remains on to you. But from this day on, you are a stranger among us. You shall remain among men, but you shall lose your rights of humanity. Um, Tocqueville's observation is astute, but his error was in excusing those prevailing speech codes as the ironic but natural result of liberal democratic rule rather than the oblique application of ruling class ideology. That is to say, there is nothing illiberal about censorship. It is through the constraint of speech that our ruling class and its bourgeois enforcement arm maintain the fiction of democratic legitimacy. The back and forth debate over it only exists to reinforce the public myth of liberalism's free speech ideal. Um, 
you guys get what's going on there? Do you get what he's saying there? Hell no, bro. I, I guess he's saying that like that like uh uh in liberal democratic societies, instead of like power being exerted like like through a centralized like a kind of centralized like you know whatever apparatus of government, I guess we all sort of oppress ourselves like it's diffused throughout the population through alienation i guess and uh -huh. somehow speech has something to do with free speech has something to do with that right uh, he says there's nothing illiberal about censorship it is through the constraint of speech that our ruling class and its bourgeois enforcement arm maintain the fiction of democratic legitimacy the back and forth debate over it only exists to reinforce the public myth of liberalism's free speech ideal <clears throat> i mean yeah i guess i kind of there are parts of that i agree with in the sense that like you can't say certain things in this country, but like, I don't mean it in the way that he means it. Like he means it like you should be able to say racist shit. But the yeah. thing is, he's like, you already can. The thing exactly. is, is, like, you can't say like, if you're like a Muslim, you can't say, you know what I mean? You can't have shit on your computer researching yeah. various, you know, like Islamic state. Or right. I mean, like, you can't even shout out Allah Akbar, like in the middle of the street, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah, like Fifth yeah. Avenue or some shit like that without people losing their fucking body. And a special uh, Ramadan Kareem to those that observe. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also too, with these free speech, the free speech shit that these people talk about, it's like, yo, you thought like, you think the Black Panther Party had free speech? You think like, you know, the suffragettes had free speech. You think like, right. you know, like, 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 uh, you know, striking workers had free speech. Like, no, dude, like, shut the fuck up, man. Here's, here's how it goes in America. You can say what you want, but you might get killed for it. And it just depends who does the killing. If it's like a, a, a racist <laughs> dude or the CIA. Exactly. You can say whatever the fuck you want, but you might get killed for it. <laughs> exactly. That's how we need to amend the free speech thing. <laughs> say I mean, what you want but be warned <laughs> but just know <laughs> i mean it is broadly true that i mean i just don't think i don't know it's just like to the extent that this country ever had quote unquote free speech it mostly only protected like literal nazis right like the exactly. Nokies, or i mean like the nazis in skogie illinois or whatever like yeah. you know what i mean like it, it was yeah, it, it is weird the, the nazis really do have like outsized protection relative <laughs> to everybody else because even when you think about some outfit like the aclu it's always yep. like oh well we have to stand with them because if they don't have their free speech yeah then we lose it across the board it's like listen aaron yeah, you, if you was the black into that a little too much <laughs> like listen aaron you as a black man if those nazis don't get their free speech then you won't get it either like i'm not really supposed to fucking believe that you know what i mean like yeah. my free speech comes from like their liberties like get the fuck out of here dude <laughs> like, yeah. like come on son. um uh consider the fact that some of the same conservatives who spent the last third of the 20th century promoting protestant christian family values through the banning of gays in the armed forces, now leverage the same demographic as justification for humanitarian military intervention abroad. Consider also the activist left's resistance to the Reagan White House's unofficial gag order on public discussion of the HIV-AIDS epidemic in the 1980s, and then barely a decade later when the Democratic Party held the executive branch, the push for what was at the time called political correctness, a speech rubric spearheaded by many of the same left organizers. In other words, today conservatives are out of power and railing against the canceling of comedians who make jokes about transgender people. 
Tomorrow, the same people may be in power and leading the charge in favor of a ban against transgenderism in schools. This is borne out by the Times editorial. Per the survey, 66% of respondents agreed that democracy is built on the free and open exchange of ideas. Yet a whole 30% also allowed for the curbing of speech if it runs afoul of acceptable etiquette. The contours of free speech debate may change, but the fundamental characteristics remain the same <clears throat> from the founding to the present day. Self-determination and the ideal of unrestrained speech are essential mythological inventions of liberalism, even if liberalism is constitutionally incapable of following through on its promises. We must ensure that whatever comes next, be it socialism or some new federative arrangement that hasn't yet even been imagined, that the promises of such ideals are retained and actually fulfilled. Mm. What? This is, uh, that was boring, man. That was so didn't have a good pay, didn't have a good payoff. And, and that's supposed to be the Marxist, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Now go good. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, I couldn't tell at some points. It seemed like he was. Arguing against free speech, you know, like that's yeah, which is why I, I like, you know, the whole the Marxist label. I'm like, well, any so-called Marxist who starts a magazine with two conservatives is not a Marxist, right? <laughs> Like you realize that this is a, this is an exercise in futility, you know, like whose minds are you changing? You're not changing their minds like this. This is not the, like this magazine is for the working class. You know what I'm saying? It's not like some like normal ass person is going to pick it up and read it or like go on their phone. So it's just a vanity project for on the part of leftists who, as you yeah. said, Terrence, such a good point. They're too scared to be conservative. Well, I mean, like, I don't disagree with the Endeavor whole cloth. Mm. Like, obviously, a lot like most of my family is conservative and therefore mm -hmm. and i talk to them therefore i interface with conservatives yeah. like obviously yeah. that is a thing that every person mm -hmm. if they're not doing it i guess should be trying to do um yeah. but like you're like you're right though aaron and like as a larger political project <laughs> we're like as a just as a project of trying to get ideas out there yeah, yeah, you're a rube, ultimately, even if you yeah. call yourself that, like you're just being used by them to exactly. basically make this presentable or shoehorn in. Like at this point, it's so hilarious to me because like at this point, they just kind of have to get the token like Marxist guy or whatever to like shoehorn in like the economic left part of it. Where it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll just provide for everybody <clears throat> with uh, basic universal basic income or whatever, but society will be fascist and you can't yeah. do whatever you want. Well, also, I, just as a practical matter, I'm not sure it's smart to get in business with people that actively uh, engage in and promote wage theft. <laughs> so I just think my man Edwin's going to get taken to the cleaners on this one. <laughs> Better put some of that Marxism to work, boy. Shit, man. God damn, yo. Damn, yeah, man. man. Well, as Nina would tell him, you just need a benevolent father. You just need a benevolent father figure and everything will be chill. Just everything will be all right. Good paternalistic figure in your life. Everybody need daddy. Oh, man. Daddy's home. Well, maybe one of these days we can hit history doesn't repeat itself. But the thing about this website, bro. It's like it's the the good shit's just gonna keep on coming. It it's keeps gonna, on coming. But I I mean, just like Gail and Brett, just like the uh, resource generation, old content troughs of mine from way back. Like mm. you go to them now, and they just don't hit like they used to. I'm they just, don't hit no more, bro. Yeah, I'm just because... like, oh man, it just it just does. Like it's just like it's just not, it's not hitting, man. It's just like it doesn't. Man, get the bloodstream I can't fast tie enough. off to this anymore. I didn't take. It. <laughs> 
straight to here. So now eventually, yeah, even this will eventually get old for me. Like even this, I'll yeah. be like, I'll go to this well and just be like, yeah. oh, it's not even fucking fun anymore, dude. You're yeah. fucking, you're you're, te- you're you're telling me that racism. Well, I don't. I'm trying to think of like the craziest <laughs> fucking take that that they're gonna come with. They're gonna be like, I guarantee. I'm trying to think of the craziest thing that they. they yeah. Like they're going to say, like, I'm really shocked that none of them have taken on like Native American, uh, you know, yeah. like indigenous stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. in the culture war stuff, conservatives always stay far the fuck away from like yeah. indigenous, uh, you know what I mean? Like from, from the yeah, indigenous yeah. nations and, and yeah, reservations yeah. and everything. And I've always wondered why that is like they don't touch that shit, really. Look, man, they like what it is. I feel like the arguments that they're making now are just updated arguments from like, I don't know, like the 50s and the 60s, whatever people think of as like the height of intellectual conservatism, right? Um, they're just repackaged. But you're, you're right. I would love to see them say some shit like um, um, the left, um, the left is, is, uh, is pushing this land back uh, movement. What is it actually? Do we, should we give land back? Or like some shit, they'll be like, were black people better off in certain, like under a different, you know what I mean? Like right. I'm waiting for them to come like maybe we need a little bit more time. We got to wait for the CRT stuff to go through. We right. got to wait for like some more of these milestones to be made for them to right. just straight up return to like 19th century, like old school racism, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it'll, it'll happen though. It'll no, happen. it will. You're right. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's so fucking crazy shit. Jesus, dude. Well, that probably about covers it for today. Fellas, um, go check out the Patreon, uh, com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Uh, go is they'll throw us some money. Um, we would love your support. Uh, anything else? Anything you guys need to plug? Anything to get off your chest? No, that's about it. All hearts and minds clear over here. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye.